I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 167, for the weekend starting 10 February 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, Liquid Telecom consummates its deal to buy Neotel. Also this week, what South Africans felt about Zuma's State of the Nation address, is the CELC restructuring in trouble, and Twitter's growth flatlines. Let's turn the key on another podcast. Well, welcome to the show. Happy Friday, Rechot. How's it, Duncan? Good, good. Let's, uh, let's get our podcast kicked off with our quiz. Let's get straight into it. Yeah, the first question. Which South African telecommunications operator this week warned it will report a full year headline earnings per share loss? And uh, it's the first time it has done that. Yes. Second question. Which US technology giant said this week that it would pump almost a billion rand into developing IT skills among young people in Africa? And it's going to be our uh, winner of the week this week. Third question. Showmax this week launched a lower cost bouquet. How much is it? And for a bonus point, which telecoms network has it partnered with to offer this product? Fourth question. Liquid Telecom this week completed its acquisition of Neotel. How much did it pay? And for a bonus point, who is its BEE partner, which has bought a 30% stake? Fifth question. Uber... Uber's food delivery platform, Uber Eats, announced it was expanding its geographic coverage in the two South African cities where it has been launched so far. Where, what are the two cities? That's our quiz. We'll get to the answers to that at the end of the show, but uh, lots of news this week, Rechot. Sure. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots to talk about, um, but uh, let's, get, let's get started with the uh, Liquid Telecom news, which, uh, which it broke this morning. We uh, have actually known about it for uh, a couple of days now, but we've been under embargo. Uh, publishing the story this afternoon, uh, Neotel or Liquid Telecom announcing new branding for Neotel um, and also announcing all sorts of details about the, the the transaction. I can't say a huge amount at the moment because uh, we're saving the the best of the story for Sunday. Uh, we'll be a little uh, teaser. A little teaser. We'll be publishing uh, the details in in both the Sunday Times and on Tech Central this weekend. We had an extensive interview with uh, Nick Rudnick, who's the group CEO of Liquid Telecom, talking about uh, what they plan to do with the business. And it's an interesting story, so look out for that on Sunday. But uh, they they consummated the deal today. They um, they si- signed the signed the agreements, and uh, Tata Communications, which was the previous controlling shareholder in Neotel, no longer a shareholder. Liquid Telecom now owns seventy percent of Neotel, with thirty percent held by Royal Buffer King Holdings, the BE partner for the transaction. And um, Nick Rudnick already talking a, a big game about what they plan to do with this big investments in in uh, data center operations in particular. Neotel already uh, operates two reasonably sizable data centers: one in Madrand, one in Cape Town, and um, they're planning to expand on those substantially. He sees a big opportunity in uh, in well, he sees he sees huge growth in the next few years in cloud computing in Africa, particularly as some of the big um, cloud providers. Uh, coming to the African market, they're um, going to need to host those servers somewhere. They are indeed, um, and uh, obviously they're they're going to be angling for some of that business. Uh, Terraco, of course, is also a big player in that space, and they've announced they're building a massive new data center uh, in I think it's Bradell on the East Rand, mm-hmm. near somewhere near the airport. Um, so there's a lot of data center capacity that's going to be built in the next couple of years, um, expanding on on huge data center investments that have already taken place. And, um, and all of this will just make the internet faster yet again. I mean, we all got five. Imagine having much quicker access to those services you already use. Well, I can't Exciting wait until stuff. companies like Microsoft, Google's got some presence on the ground here already in data center facilities. The rumor mm, is that they mm. host it inside internet solutions, although they never confirm it. Mm, um, keep that quiet. They do keep it fairly under wraps. But uh, 
Um, Microsoft, uh, there's, there's constant rumors that uh, we're going to get an Azure data center here at some point. Oh, yes. um, I think it's yes. between us and Kenya as to who will get it for, get a Microsoft data center first. And that will also benefit, but there's Xbox servers already in this country, I believe. Are there? Yeah, okay. I think so. I, okay. think, I could be wrong. but um, I, I do know that um, if you're using Google Drive, it's significantly faster than um, than, than OneDrive. Um, I mean, I, mm. I, I have Fiber at home now, and when I'm uploading something onto onto Google Drive, it's, it's 10 times faster than uploading it onto OneDrive, which would suggest to me that, uh, uh, that Google has infrastructure on the ground here, whereas Microsoft... Possibly doesn't. Um, although what I would assume, Dropbox, I would assume Microsoft would use services like Akamai. So I'm not sure why yeah. it's there's a, there's that differential. But also, with CDN technology, I mean, there's ways exactly. to kind of get around most of these bottles, mm. speedniks, but it doesn't really beat having the server on the ground, having having the data center here. Um, but it's, I think it's almost inevitable now that um, we'll get an Azure data center at some mm. point, and, and Amazon AWS, no doubt, will come into the African market at some point as well. Um, and I suppose these data center providers will be hoping that they um, use their services rather than coming in and building their own data centers. Yeah, yeah. and I guess we'll make that uh, that industry or the, the data center industry a little bit more competitive. Mm. You know, a lot of people are going to play in that space. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting times again for, for, for all of us using tech and IT. For sure, for sure. Um, the internet's just going to get faster and faster. Which oh, is yeah. great news. <laughs> Can't wait. But um, we're getting a bit off subject because we're talking about Liquid Telecom, yeah. and um, they've um, so they've completed this deal. They're going to be they're going to be making some announcements around this uh, spectrum. We'll have more on that on Sunday. Um, they're going to be um, investing in in their fiber networks as well. Um, so so uh, we're talking an investment amounting to billions of rand in the in in the business here. This is on top of the six and a half billion rand they've already invested just in buying the company. Um, so it'll be great to have a new robust competitor in the market. I think Neotel has been kind of drifting in the last few years, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially after the scandal that erupted there in early 2015, which saw the suspension and then eventual exit of the CEO and the chief financial officer. Um, that was over the um, alleged um, bribery uh, that was or the monies paid to a company called Homex, a letterbox company with alleged links to the Guptas. Uh, for the securing of a 1.8 billion rand uh, telecommunications contract at uh, Transnet, um, that uh, I think that's that's been a very dark cloud hanging over Neotel for a long time. Mm. And uh, with the new guys coming in, and I specifically asked Nick Rudnick, the CEO, about this, and he said that we uh, run a clean operation in all of the markets in which we operate to the highest ethical standards. So he made it very clear that they're not going to tolerate any nonsense. Um, uh, and um, so that's that's good. That's good as well. Um, get in there and clean it up, and uh, make sure that there's no unethical things happening at the company in future. Yeah, definitely. I remember the launch of uh, the Midrand uh, data center many years oh, yeah. ago, and mm. yeah, it was. Um, I had high hopes for the company. Obviously, a lot of us did. Sadly, those things happened. But I think, as with anything, yeah, I mean, if they can sort out that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good, good story. But, but Liquid Telecom has been hugely successful. Of course, the company is owned by Econet Group, um, which is the uh, business started by um, Zimbabwean billionaire Strive Masiwa. Uh, Econet Wireless is the biggest uh, mobile operator in Zimbabwe. Um, and Strive Masiwa is a hugely successful businessman. Liquid Telecom was is a spin-off of that um, operation. I forget the exact details of how it got started, mm. but there is an interesting story there. 
Um, and they, they really started prov by providing backhaul links, um, in, mm. both in-country and, and between countries, um, fiber links. And they've really expanded from there. They've built data centers. I think they've got a big data center up in Kenya now. Um, and they've been a massively successful um, operator. And um, they're still on track potentially for a listing um, in, in the coming time. They haven't set it. They say they're not in any rush into a listing, but a listing is a distinct possibility down the line, either in Africa or in Europe. The company continues to be based in London. Um, Nick Rudnick is based in, out of London. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they're, they're building up their presence here in South Africa. So don't be surprised if there is some sort of announcement on head office relocations at some point. Uh, but a good deal, I think, all round um, for South Africa generally and, um, and for consumers here in South Africa because um, yeah. we're going to have a more re well-resourced, more well-funded um, operator uh, kicking butt in the South African market, which yeah. is a good thing. And I, th I think it's, it's, it's ultimately going to be better, much better for consumers than what would have happened if uh, this company had been bought by Vodacom, which is what was on the cards oh, previously. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, keep it independent rather than yeah. <laughs> under the wing of some, uh, some other communications company. Yeah. Of course, the Vodacom deal was blocked effectively by the uh, competition authorities. Um, it was very clear that the regulators were not happy with that deal, and uh, so it didn't go ahead. And I think, uh, ultimately, it's probably a good thing. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure Vodacom uh, management and Vodacom shareholders disagree, but uh, <laughs> but for consumers, yeah. I think it's good that there's more competition in the market. I agree. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with their Spectrum assets, because, of course, they're sitting on some uh, valuable chunks of Spectrum. So that's Liquid Telecom and, and uh, Neotel. Now, another story which came out today, and it was in, in the wake of yesterday's State of the Nation address. I don't know if, uh, Rachat, you watched what... Uh, all the I was glued to YouTube. Oh, were you? Duncan. Okay, yes. No, it, was, it, was, uh, it, it offered its usual uh, fare of entertainment. Um, but, you know, just before you start on that story, it was, it's actually infuriating the, the, the level of audio quality and, you know, the visuals weren't always as great as what it should have been. Is that because of YouTube or because of the feed? No, I think the feed. Somebody's, they're not really showing all the right things at the right time. And the audio dropped a few times and it was very soft. So I, I noticed, I heard that the audio dropped. Now, I was watching snippets of it on YouTube as well. I, I was uh, struggling because uh, I was, uh, there was a power failure here. So I, I had my own sort of state of the nation going on. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this was after about 15 hours of no electricity so you can imagine what sort of uh, mood i was in oh, yeah. but um the uh so, so um I, I noticed the audio was dropping out as well and i was wondering if that was a problem with the feed or whether there was sort of deliberate interference going on i don't know the, the image quality was good i mean there mm. was certainly wasn't the usual things you'd expect from any feed that drops i mean mm. i watch a lot of live feeds and you, when they drop you know you can, you can kind of see it if mm. the audio drops out i'm not saying it was malicious but Let's be honest, in, in a situation like that, the technology that they've probably, the money that they spent on technology for that, um, you know, I can guarantee you indicates that those things shouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, that it, it should be able to handle that mm. kind of thing. So it wasn't nice to see, but yeah. um, entertaining nonetheless. Yeah, entertaining for all the wrong reasons. I mean, mm. it really was uh, um, uh, terrible to see. I mean, it's. I think it was expected. I mean, we expected the EFF to get booted out violently out of Parliament. Yeah. I think what troubled me the most, uh, just as a South African citizen, was was the section where the where the where the, um, where the police in in white shirts were manhandling the EFF MPs and bundling yeah. them out of Parliament? Yeah. That you heard in the background the president laughing. No, that was. Uh, I thought I actually. I mean, uh, I thought uh, I'm not going to mince my words here. I thought that was disgusting. Um, you, as as these as this violence was going on, there was the president being heard on the on the speaker on the microphone mm. with his trademark he mm. <laughs> in the background. Um, anyway, this is not a political podcast, so 
uh, let's move right let's move right <laughs> along but, um, but these are the things that affect uh, you know our tech lives at the end of the day you know, of course it affects the country impact. and ultimately it affects everyone and everything but it was a, it was appointing I agree with mm. you and also that they, didn't, that they didn't um, uh, the DA asked for 30 minutes 30 seconds of silence um, for the 94 dead patients mm. um, psychiatric patients that uh, passed away over the last year or two and that was completely in the same fashion just stripped under just nobody wanted to do that you know it, the speaker was, the speaker specifically said no to it yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, Brands Eye, which is the social media specialist, they really track what um, what happens on social media and help companies understand what consumers are saying about their brands. Now, this company rose to prominence over the last little while, first by um, predicting, by analyzing social media chit-chat, that Brexit was going to happen, um, despite the fact that all the opinion polls were pointing in the opposite direction. Mm. And then Brexit did happen. And then predicting uh, a week before the U.S. election that Donald Trump would emerge victorious when all the opinion polls were pointing in the opposite direction. And, of course, we now know Donald Trump is U.S. president. Um, so two remarkable victories there. So I think um, it's worth paying attention to whatever Brands I says when it does research into oh, yeah. social media. There were some good algorithms running in the back there. Oh, indeed. Indeed. There clearly must have been. And um, they've applied those same algorithms, those same techniques now to analyzing what uh, what Zuma said in what was was well, not, not so much what Zuma said, but what was happening around the State of the Nation address in Parliament, both before it, during it, and after it. And they um, they came up with some interesting findings. Um, they, uh, I mean, my Twitter stream was certainly flying last night like a waterfall. You uh, couldn't follow. It. Couldn't, couldn't follow it, so much yeah. other being said. But um, their their detailed analysis of what was being said right across uh, social networks, Twitter, Facebook, and other networks, was that, um, uh, in fact, there was very little negative being said about Zuma's speech. Uh, much less that was being said that was negative than, than in 2016, which I thought was quite interesting. They found that um, in the 2017 speech, it garnered uh, Zuma's speech garnered a negative response of 9.4% of total m messages that were shared on social media with 90% uh, being uh, neutral and just 0.2% being positive. So n none of it was positive. Most of it was neutral, but uh, also quite a small number was negative, less than 10%. Yeah. Now, that compares to 22.9% negative in 2016. Um, so quite a big decline in the amount of negative chit-chat on social yeah, media about yeah. the speech, which was really interesting. But um, Branzai makes, makes the point that... Um, and I'll, I'll quote them here. What is quite evident from comparing negative conversations between 2016 and 2017 is the fact that last year Zuma was criticized for not speaking about the Nenegate saga or in Kandla. Uh, in 2017, most were, mo people were mostly just critical toward him in general, saying nothing he says can help him regain his credibility. No one expected to hear anything meaningful, and thus expectations were met in this regard. Uh, there was a general sense of apathy that pervaded the conversation with Zuma lacking the credibility to drive emotion either way. So, hmm. in other words, what they find is that there wasn't much neg negativity out there simply because people could, didn't give a damn. Yeah, I mean, I kind of we, we kind of know the kind of president we have, right? I mean, it's not we're not going to hmm. beat the dead horse, and uh, you know, I guess we'll start uh, start conversation around other points uh, of the state of the nation address. Hmm. Um, the fact that yeah, I guess we're just over it now. Yeah. Some other interesting findings uh, from Brands Eye. Um, there was a uh, in the run-up. There was a heavy media focus on the 441 soldiers that were going to be deployed um, mm. ahead of the uh, Sona address. 
um, prominent theme in the media. Um, many of the topics in the days and hours leading up to the event were frivolous, though, uh, with a humorous focus on speech predictions and the appearance of MPs on the red carpet. Uh, there was also a focus on what exactly the economic freedom fighters would do and the expectation that they would disrupt the speech. Um, yeah, I suppose pretty much in what you'd expect. Um, I mean, we all expected the EFF to to jump around and uh, toy toy and mm. uh, and disrupt the speech and get eventually get kicked out and manhandled out of Parliament. Um, so I guess from that from from that from that perspective, uh, it was uh, all much pretty pretty um, as expected. Um, the EFF's use of the word "sotsi" to describe the president. Um, that elicited quite a response yeah. on social media. Um, uh, there was a split, according to Brands Eye, about whether EFF MPs' behaviour was positive or negative, with some South Africans supporting their mission to disrupt the address and emphasise the general feeling that Zuma is a, and I hadn't heard this term before, a lemonene, or a <laughs> cheat, uh, and not worthy of the office of president. Uh, many supported the sentiment that Zuma is a criminal and therefore not legally allowed to hold office and should not be allowed to address Parliament. Um, and then, of course, there was a high volume of comments related to the forcible removal of the EFF, with many feeling that this was unlawful and should not have been allowed to happen. Um, so, yeah, sort of generally what, what we would have expected, but uh, not much negative sentiment, which I found interesting. Um, but uh, brands are attributing this to apathy. Yeah, no, look, I mean... I didn't. I didn't really have the energy to tweet anything. No, <laughs> negative. I, I mean, I made one comment about the state of the nation, and mm. um, yeah, I mean, for the rest of them, I guess I was. I was focusing on what other people were saying, and, yeah. and the general the general sentiment was very in line. I did see. I did see a lot of negative comments, but I guess that's a smaller portion of the people that mm. I can see uh, at the time that I was looking. Mm. But, yeah, I was uh, already fuming about the lack of power, so I. Um, I, I, I refrain <laughs> refrain from tweeting to keep my blood pressure below <laughs> below explosion point. <laughs> oh. One can only take so much stress in one day, right? Yeah, no electricity, no broadband. What's this world coming to? <laughs> I had broadband. The broadband was working fine. Thanks, Vumatel. Anyway, we need to take a break. We'll be back right after this message. Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy... I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. Welcome back to the podcast. How's it, Richard? How's it? So, interesting um, developments around Cell C this week, um, which have raised concerns about the um, transaction, the proposed transaction uh, that they are looking to do with Blue Label Telecoms and the big restructuring uh, that's going on there. Um, S&P Global Ratings, which is one of the big global ratings agencies uh, this week, are downgrading uh, Cell C to what they call D. Um, so uh, a few clever people have said cell C becomes cell D. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, you know, this is raising questions about, um, you know, they've, they've, well, they've done this because uh, cell C apparently failed to um, pay some of its creditors um, on time. 
uh, Celsi saying that uh, this is all part of the agreement as part of the restructuring. They've delayed these uh, these payments. Uh, we all know the company is sitting on at least 20 billion rand in debt. Um, some of the suggestions I've been hearing in the last few days, in fact, that figure may be closer to 27 billion rand. Monstrous yeah, amount numbers. of debt. Um, a part of the restructuring that's taking place now is to reduce that debt uh, to a more manageable level. They're talking about reducing it to below 6 billion rand. But uh, the, the discussions are taking a long time. We're expecting um, Blue Label Telecoms to initiate an update to the market because uh, Blue Label is listed on the JSC, so they have to keep their shareholders informed of what's happening. We're expecting them to issue an update to the market at the end of this month, at the end of February. Uh, and then I think we'll get some more detail on exactly where the transaction stands at the moment. Um, I know there's been a lot of frantic discussions and negotiations. Uh, I hear talk that Celsi executives have been flying overseas uh, to meet with bondholders and other people. Lots of uh, a flurry of activity in the background. So not sure exactly what's going on, whether the deal is in jeopardy or not. Um, we don't have any detail. We uh, probably be irresponsible at this stage to speculate. Um, but we should have de- more an, an update towards the end of this month. But uh, it's worrying times for Cell C, and must be worrying times for Cell C customers as well as this is going on. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be deeply troubling if uh, the deal doesn't go ahead, because um, that would really leave Cell C up the creek the without the proverbial or paddle. Sorry. So difficult times. Um, uh, S&P also warning that um, the um, transaction or the attempted uh, transaction uh, between uh, Vodacom and Neotel, uh, which uh, had an impact uh, on uh, the way ICASA approves uh, Spectrum, um, could could have a bearing on this uh, case. Um, the worry is that um, if the uh, blue label d- deal doesn't go ahead and Cell C is forced to find another buyer on a short ba- short-term basis, uh, that um, the value of the company, if its assets are put up for sale, for example, mm. um, the value of the company may be not as high as um, many people expect because that those those uh, spectrum assets may not be transferable. Mm. Uh, and if that's the case, um, what's the inherent value inside Cell C, particularly if it's sitting on over 20 billion rand in debt? Um, those spectrum assets, um, one would imagine, are worth a lot of money. Uh, and that its competition, certainly its big competitors in South Africa, oh, yeah. would love to get access to that spectrum. But mm. if they're not allowed to buy it, then um, what is CLC really worth? And then you're just buying debt in some customers. Yeah. Um, and now, this is all theoretical um, and uh, speculative. So um, uh, I think we should wait until the end of the month once we get an update from Blue Label. There's no, been no suggestion from Blue Label at this stage that they're reconsidering the deal. Mm. Um uh, everything, every indication is that it's going to go ahead. Um, Blue Label share price hasn't hasn't reacted negatively to the S&P Global Ratings uh, announcement. It hasn't really moved in any direction. So that would seem to suggest to me that the market is still comfortable that this is happening. Celsius has moved up quite strongly on. Sorry, Blue Label has moved up quite strongly in the past year on the expectation of the Blue Label of the. Celsi deal going ahead. So um, I think the markets are fairly comfortable that uh, mm-hmm. the process is still on track. But can Blue Label renegotiate at the last minute if they so choose? If I suppose they could. And just say, listen, guys. Um, yeah. Maybe that's what's going on behind the scenes. But again, that's speculation. Who yeah, knows? yeah. Interesting. But um, I think the sooner this, uh, you know, this cloud that's hanging over Celsi now is cleared, the better uh, for its customers, for the market, mm. uh, and for Celsi itself. Yeah, certainly not good to hear that. Mm. Um, we've I think all been rooting for Celsi. I think your average customer who, who who's looking for a network isn't even aware of these things going on. So mm. I don't think it's affecting consumer buying decisions 
Although maybe at a corporate level it is. Um, sure, although sure. Celsius doesn't really have a big corporate customer base. It's mainly a prepaid play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think your average prepaid user is really making a just buying decision for a SIM card based on the, on corporate action that might be going on in the background. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, it, 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 there is a, an element of uncertainty around that uh, I think needs to be cleared up in the coming weeks. The last item of news, Rechot, I wanted to chat about this week was Twitter's results, which were announced this week, and they were pretty, pretty appalling. Um, their revenue fell far short of, uh, of analyst expectations. And the share price, I, I didn't see how it closed yesterday, but it certainly had fallen by... Um, I think it was over 10% at the open yesterday. I'm just trying to bring it up in Google Finance here quickly. Twitter Inc. Listed on the, oh, listed on the New York Stock Exchange. That's interesting. Yeah, it closed down yesterday 12.4%. Um, and it's uh, down another 2% in pre-market trading on Friday. Um, so that must be pretty close to a one-year low. Uh, no, not quite. Uh, clo- it is, no, it is quite close to the one-year low, um, which was set back in... Uh, when was it? Back in May last year. Um, so they're really struggling to, um, to 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 monetize that that customer base. Their their customer base is also flatlined. It grew only two percent in the last and most recent quarter. While Facebook and its you know its products like Facebook and Instagram and, and those things are expanding at an incredible rate. And Snapchat is about to list just filed for an IPO, and they've, their customer their um, user base continues to grow at an yeah. amazing rate. Twitter seems to have run up against a brick wall. I'm happy for Twitter not to grow too big. I love that platform. It's probably my main source of consuming any information. I love Twitter. I use it all day long. Uh, But it doesn't seem to be a mass market product. It doesn't. And also monetizing it is, I mean, I see a few ads and I do place a few ads for some various businesses that I work on. Mm. And it's all good and fun, but you don't, it's not the same as what you see with Facebook in terms of business money being, money being spent on business needs on a platform. Mm. Um, Twitter certainly doesn't have that down. I don't think a lot of businesses in South Africa even advertise on Twitter for that matter. It's a very Um, fleeting mechanism, isn't it? I mean, these tweets are so short. mm, It's it's mm. almost, you you see an ad on it and you, whoa, that's just gets irritation that gets in the way. Sticking power, sticking mm. power like a, a Facebook ad does. Uh, I agree. Um, we not. I would love to be sitting around the table when they're trying to figure out how to monetize this thing. I'm sure there must be a million great reasons, but I think at the heart of it, Twitter's actually a fragile platform. I think people mm. love it for many good reasons, but people are also quick to leave it or will be quick to to leave it if a bad monetization strategy is introduced. Yes, something that you don't want or something that's uh, overpowering in terms of of the mm. exposure you'll get to ads. I don't know what the answer is, but it's not it's not it's not good news to see them mm. suffering like this. I suppose the other challenge they have is that um, you know Twitter has, has become seen as a as a platform for abuse. Um, they certainly haven't handled those things no. very well in the past, and they're trying now to address it. But um, they, they no, they haven't handled it well in mm. the past at all. And despite the fact that um, the new U.S. president loves Twitter and loves to tweet every morning and uh, rile people, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, some people, I think, I think he's been described as the ultimate Twitter troll. <laughs> um, that, that hasn't really translated into any benefit for uh, mm. for Twitter. Um, well, I guess I, I mean a lot of people using it doesn't doesn't turn in, doesn't uh, convert into money. You know, somebody mm. still needs to be paying for for something on the platform. Mm. And it certainly doesn't help that they've had some high-profile people quit the platform and disgusted at the, at the trolling and the abuse that goes yeah, on there. I mean, yeah. Stephen Fry was a, was, a, was a good example of that. He, he mm. just had enough and he walked away. Uh, and I've, I, I've got friends who've left Twitter because of um, abuse and uh, trolls and, 
You know, they, and, and people who use the platform a lot, used it all day long. They said, I've had enough of this. I'm leaving. Oh, that's ridiculous. And there should be an easy way to do it. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the most complicated uh, platform that we're talking about. Mm. It's messages. You know, yeah. there must be a way for you. They, they, well, at least they must introduce much better mechanisms to, mm. to combat these things. Mm. I would only imagine it make a, a, a better platform. Indeed. But it could mess with their numbers too because if they tie, if they if they restrict that kind of thing, they'll have to restrict uh, user profiles. Obviously, similar to what Facebook does, you have to use your real name and your real mm. you know, your real persona. But Twitter doesn't doesn't have that at the moment. It so doesn't. It will affect their numbers. Yeah, I'm sure. Which is maybe why they haven't done it. Mm. Um, but they're in a difficult position. I, I think the other challenge is that, um, and I'm surprised that, that he's been allowed to continue to do it, is the fact that their CEO continues to run two companies. That can't be good for focus. Again, yeah. you know, it's not the best way of running a company that needs mm. you know, somebody at, at, mm. at the steering wheel that's much, yeah. uh, folk, much more focused. And, and since Jack Dorsey took the, the helm again, when was it? About 12 or 18 months ago. I can't think of anything he's done that, that's really changed the platform for the better nothing nothing has changed that I, that I can remember over the last two years really significant mm. uh, significant changes to the platform apart from tweet tech just improving um, but I mean that's not directly a Twitter yeah. uh, uh, underlying feature of Twitter yeah, yeah. tweet tech is my, my preferred way into oh, yeah, no, Twitter I love actually it. I love it. I've got a whole monitor dedicated to tweet <laughs> I just watch it all day long on a separate monitor uh, it's a great way to just keep up what's going on in South Africa yeah no, I mean there's a lot of power in Twitter mm. um but again, it, I think it's it's under, uh, underlying. It's a very fragile ecosystem. Yeah. But yeah, they need to they need to address the problems. I'm not sure why they haven't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You know, surely mm. Hollywood and, and Silicon Valley would have given them a lot of grief about this because that is where I'm, I'm sure is the epicenter of a lot of these trolling issues. You mm. Know? Mm. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, that's Twitter, and that's our news <laughs> this week. Um, it could have been we could have made Twitter our loser of the week actually, but with someone else for that. Um, oh. Let's get on to those features. Our, our winner this week is IBM, um, and one of our quiz questions this week, and that's for their announcement that uh, they're going to pump almost a billion rand into developing IT skills among young people in South that's Africa. Fantastic news! It's great news, and it's going to be done via cloud platforms, obviously, where they where they specialize, and they're going to they're going to be specializing in teaching people about cognitive computing. Obviously, that's a big focus area of. IBM's, mm, but mm. Um, just just fantastic news to hear a, a big American company investing that much in, in in skills development in Africa, and skills development is is, is the probably the most critical thing that needs to happen on this continent yeah, if it's yeah. going to grow. And uh, that's fantastic news. Well done, IBM. Yeah, and for, and let's let's not forget. I think uh, the African continent is is the place where the next big ideas are going to come from, simply mm. because there's a dire need for many of these inventions being online or physical. Mm, so mm. it's it's great to hear that they are going to be stimulating. Stimulating those minds. Indeed. Our loser this week is MTN, um, simply because they've announced that they're going to post a full year loss, which I understand is the first time they've ever reported a full year HEPs loss in their history. Hmm. Um, and it's the perfect storm that hit MTN in the last 12, 18 months. Hmm. Uh, the Nigerian fine kicked it off, but they've um, run into so many difficulties. And now Iran, of course, uh, there was some a, 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 a bit of bright news there last year with the list lifting of the U.S. sanctions, but um, now Donald Trump threatening to reimpose them again. That's potentially a, a problem for MTN. Um, they've had enormous pressure in their South African market, which now under Mtetonyati does seem to they do seem to have turned the corner locally, but there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, Nigeria, they've they've been under immense pressure. Uh, the fine, obviously, um, distracting management when when they really need to be focused on the business. They uh, they really have had a tough time of it, and um, they're, they're going to report a loss. But new CEO starting, I think, uh, any day now, if he hasn't started already. Uh, you know, he's starting next month. Rob Shooter, uh, purchased from Vodafone. Mm. Uh, they've got a new management team uh, in there um, starting right about now. Uh, 
Uh, some of them have already started, some are joining shortly. Um, so the worst may be behind MTN, um, and we may be sitting here next, this time next year looking at a very different picture. Um, but uh, right now they've, um, they're going to be reporting on, on, on the past and at their, at their results, which are coming out on the 2nd of March, and uh, the, the numbers are not going to look good. Uh, but uh, the, they may have passed their worst point, and it may be, it may be all uphill here for, uh, for MTN from now on. Yeah, certainly the entire communications industry, I think, uh, need, need some good news over the next 12 months. Indeed, especially with uh, the, the uncertainty around Cell C. Mm. Um, the, the only company that really seems to be firing on all cylinders is Vodacom. Uh, Telcom, to, to an extent as well, is, is doing quite well. Their share prices perform quite well, there, uh, particularly on the back of the sort of turnaround in their mobile business. Um, I think they're facing a huge challenge in the fixed line business still. Um, but uh, the picture is looking a bit brighter at, at, uh, at Telcom. But the communication sector generally is under pressure. Um, so... Uh, I think shareholders in the sector will be uh, looking forward to some good news. So yeah. maybe MTN wonder Rob Shooter is going to deliver that over the next 12 months. But uh, the Tech Hero winner and loser, Rechard, what, uh, what's your pick this week? So I've been playing with this application. Uh, so it's a cloud-based application for a few months now. And it's really, uh, really assisted so much in terms of support for some of the businesses that I'm working with uh, when we build some websites or, or some online um, some online platforms for them. And it's a, it's a software service called Zendesk, zendesk.com. And I'm sure you've visited a website where a little pop-up pops up in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen that says, yeah. hi, how can we help you? Indeed. Now, yes, some of the, sometimes it can be annoying, and I'm sure some people use it, uh, don't use it correctly. But um, we found it to be really useful. You know, it's a, such a great way to connect with somebody that's on your site, especially if you're in the e-commerce business. You know, there's, there's so many... So many opportunities for you to assist assist somebody who wants to buy something online from your shop, um, and I found a lot of success in Zendesk. Um, you can uh, there is a free version you can play with. It works across a variety of platforms. I use it on WordPress and Magento, um, and pricing ranges from five dollars per agent per seat. So you know if you want somebody to log in, be able to service somebody that then visits your website. Um, and it goes, the pricing ranges in up to 49 rand, uh, $99 an agent, sorry. There's various levels of additional servicing that you get with it. But we, at the moment, for, for the customers that I, that I work with, uh, we're still in the $19 a month agent. And um, yeah, like I said, I've had so much success with the product. There's a, a mobile application that you can load. So you can literally sit anywhere. And if somebody lands on your website, has a question about a product or a feature or a service, um, or you just want to make yourself available. If you're a consultant and you want to say to people, hey, you want to quickly get a quote from me, just mm. connect to me via this app. Um, it's a slick application. It works really well. You can see uh, the user's browsing history. So as you talk to them, you can actually see where, how they get to your site, where have they been on your site. Um, so you can get some live data, live statistics, um, and also get some demographic details, you know, obviously the IP address, where they're from, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and partnered with that, you've got historical data. So you can actually then create like a customer relationship management um, data around this um, for each person to talk to. So you can see if, you speak, if you're mm. speaking to a customer multiple times, um, you know, you can keep track of that kind of thing. Uh, on the e-commerce side, I would say something like this is absolutely imperative. But I've, I've really enjoyed using it on... Um, I've experimented with on my own website on Craft Nation, which we talk about, uh, where we talk about craft beer. So anybody wants a quick uh, wants to ask a question about craft beer or they have a buying question, they're not buying from us; they're buying from somebody else. Mm. Is this a good beer? Do I like this? Um, it's it's a really nice tool, and uh, in 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 a kind of in a 
um, an era where everything is instant, instant communication. You know, even email becomes a bit tedious if you mm. consider how quickly somebody can connect to you. Um, yeah, that's Zendesk. Uh, I highly recommend it if, if you're in the need for such a service. Cool, go check it out. My pick this week, and I want to spend a bit of time talking about it because uh, um, I think a lot of uh, people, including our, even our tech-savvy uh, listeners, um, do not necessarily practice the safest cybersecurity practices online. And, yeah, I'm uh, sure most people don't. No. <laughs> and I, it came out of a fascinating chat I had. Um, I, I went to a presentation at, at Investec this week uh, where they had an international cybersecurity expert uh, giving a presentation. I had a chat afterwards with the global head of digital for Investec, a chap called Lyndon Sabroyan, um, and he introduced me to this uh, to this app or this uh, service. It's called Dashlane, uh, D A S H L A N E, and uh, not as I sometimes pronounce it, Dashlane, <laughs> South African. <laughs> Dashlane. Um, it's similar in a way to to LastPass, which I think more people are familiar with, yeah. uh, password management tool. Um, but it's very slick. Um, I think it's, I find it slicker than than, than LastPass. Uh, it's more expensive than LastPass, but it does more than LastPass. Um, it's in essence, though, it's a password management tool. Now, what I, I really like about it is that it proactively um, helps you secure your online identity um, and makes you realize just how insecure you actually are on the internet. Um, unless you work in the cybersecurity industry and you know about all of these things, you probably don't actually realize um, that you're not practicing the safest practices online and no. that you are vulnerable. We all now, make that mistake. Now, I had more than 160 um, passwords uh, that it was able to detect through my Chrome browser wow. uh, stored. Um, and the vast majority of those, more than 80% of them, were the same password. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. I yeah, shouldn't say that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the worst thing you can do. Mm. I mean, if there's a compromise, you don't hear about all the compromises, all the hacks that go on. Um, you know, uh, all the NSA, for example, has to do is get one of your passwords and then probably have access to Just all of try your the systems. Others, try the other accounts, yeah. Um, and so what you do with Dashlane, and I know there are other services like LastPass that do this as well, but I, I love the way they've done it, uh, the way they've implemented it. It's really super easy to use across your platforms, across your, your desktops, your Mac, your PC, your... Uh, your Android or, or um, your iPhone device. Um, what, what it does is it really gives you a, a dashboard where it shows you just how secure you are based on your uh, based on the passwords it's stored for you. And when when I started out, I was failing. I had fifteen percent, uh, <laughs> big red fifteen uh, percent in the dashboard. I've managed to get it up to about eighty percent now, and it says I'm 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 practice, I'm, I'm now um, sa relatively safe. You're now a Jedi master in password management. <laughs> getting there, getting there slowly <laughs> but surely. And obviously, uh, you know, as you work in it, it's a time-consuming process actually mm, going into all these is. sites, changing your passwords. Um, but you know, your aim obviously is to get to a hundred percent, and and then you know you're pretty damn secure online, and you're unlikely to get breached. Obviously, what's nice about it is that when a breach occurs, you can just change your password on one side and you don't have to change them through all the 160 <laughs> sites where you've used the same password. Um, and um, it's not a free service. Uh, there's a basic free version which you can use on a computer or on your phone, for example, but obviously that's not, uh, not ideal. And you'll want to use this across all the devices you own. So there's a subscription fee. Uh, it's, cu it's currently available just over a thousand rand for three for a three-year subscription, which is about 330, mm. 350 rand a year, which seems like a reasonable deal. It's not the cheapest service online, and LastPass is cheaper. Um, but I, as again, I, I really like the Dashlane interface. Well, how much do you, how much do you value your security? I think that's probably a more important question. To indeed, ask. indeed, indeed, and I like the way it, it proactively tells you this is how secure you are, um, and and tells you and helps you 
get more secure. Um, and, you know, it, it, for, for example, it can change your um, passwords automatically um, on a preset interval on your behalf. Um, oh, so, cool. so if you want to change your um, password on, uh, I don't know, Yahoo, for example, because they keep leaking passwords, <laughs> um, you, you can say, well, okay, change my password on Yahoo every three months and it'll do it for you. And you don't have to remember what that password is because yeah. it'll automatically log you in the next time you go. Just there. don't forget your password to Dashlane, I think. That's you must not forget your master password because mm -hmm. they do not store it. Oh, okay. Well, they that's good. Do that's not a good thing. Store I mean, it. you can write that on a piece of paper and store it in a safe. I mean, that'll Yeah, or safe put a forever. tattoo on your arm or something <laughs> so you'll never forget it. <laughs> Unless you change that password in three months and then that's the problem. <laughs> no, indeed, indeed. It's, a, it's actually and I did it it's worth sitting down for 15 or even 15 minutes or even half an hour to think about what you want that master password to be uh, so that you'll never forget it um, and obviously to use a combination of um, special characters and upper and lowercase letters mm. and numbers mm. um, and to have a reasonable length password um, they'll help you do that uh, um, but don't simply ask Dashlane to generate your master password for you because you'll never remember it. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. at, least, yeah, at, least, uh, at least keep it managed in this. But I see they've got a business uh, solution as well. So there's a way for uh, admins to then centrally manage passwords. Mm. Passwords, yeah, mm. that's quite handy. It's a great platform. I'm very, very impressed with it. I give it five out of five stars. The Android app is fantastic. I haven't tried the iOS app, but I'm sure it's just as good. Uh, I run it on Windows. Um, I don't have a Mac anymore, so I, I'm not running it on Mac, but... Uh, um, some of the reviews I read said the Mac version is very good. Uh, it runs in the background, so when you it auto logs you into websites. Um, it'll ask you occasionally for your master password. Obviously, um, for example, you reboot your computer, it'll ask for your master password. Um, well, that's you, pretty standard. You, I think. you can set when you when you know what sort of time interval passes before it asks for the master password again, so that if you lose your phone, for example, you're not losing all your passwords. Mm. Um, what I like on the Android version, I'm sure it's the same on iOS, is that you can unlock it with your fingerprint. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, so you don't have to type in that master password all the time. You simply unlock it. Uh, so you can lock it on your Android phone by default all the time. Mm. Just to unlock mm. it, you just simply use your, your fingerprint and you can access all your passwords. Um, and, of course, you can use it as a store for, uh, for other information as well. So you can put your credit card information in there. Uh, you, can, uh, you, can, you can store your ID. You can store, um, you know, you can store all sorts of other information. Um, they... The thing that encouraged me about them is that um, is that um, the, the the head of digital at Investec has met these guys and uh, he feels very comfortable with them and who they are and the investments they're making and this is the you know this is a guy in charge of cybersecurity at a major bank uh, so I think oh, wow. uh, I think yeah. it's it's worth uh, you know uh, you know he, he feels comfortable about the security they're using two fifty six bit encryption um, uh, encryption apparently that's never been compromised then. Uh, mm. You know, it's not a, it's not, nothing is 100% secure, but uh, reading the, the white papers and looking at the Dashlane website and the blog posts they've put out, it does sound to me, as a non cybersecurity expert, that these guys are taking all the precautions they possibly can to ensure that your information is never compromised. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure a weak spot in the mm. compromise won't come from them or from a company like that, mm. rather from, you know, more likely uh, to be a Yahoo. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mm. But it's it's worth doing if you don't do it. If you if you if you if you um, if you like Rehart, <laughs> um and and millions of other people out there, and you you yeah, use the yeah. same passwords on all the same websites, stop doing it. Uh, at some point, you're going to fall a victim. Mm. Um, and uh, whether you use Dashlane or LastPass or, or any of these other services, Dashlane and LastPass seem to be the two that are the most recommended out there. Um, uh, it's worth the, it, it really is worth the investment um, and uh, 
uh, and the peace of mind and um, knowing that you are computing online securely. And, you know, as, as we move into an era where everything is done online, where, where all our information is online, um, where we transact online, where we do everything on the internet, um, it's actually a good time to make sure that we, we you know, our cybersecurity is, is up, up to snuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's getting serious when uh, a lot of these services that I've used recently, when they ask you to put a password, they've already got a minimum of 11 characters mm. um, and, and they will detect if you use a name and a number afterwards and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, the, I mean, even the services are saying you must have a more secure mm. password and that should say, say everything to you. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Anyway, um, that's our show this week. Uh, we just need to do our quiz results. Uh, let me kick them off as usual. Uh, our first question this week was, which South African telecommunications operator uh, warned it will report a full year headline earnings per share loss? And that's, of course, the MTN Group. The second question, which US technology giant said this week that it would pump almost 1 billion rand into developing IT skills among young people in Africa? And that's 1 billion rand. The answer, IBM. International business machines. Um, our third question, Showmax, uh, the NASPERS-owned video-on-demand platform this week, launched a lower-cost bouquet. How much is it? And for a bonus point, which telecoms network has it partnered with to offer the product? Um, the answer is 49 rand a month, and it's a limited subset of Showmax Premium. And the network operator that you can – the only network operator you can get this through is Vodacom, and then you have to buy it through um, subscriber billing. Interesting. The fourth question, Liquid Telecom this week completed its acquisition of Neotel. How much did it pay? And for a bonus point, who is its BEE partner, which bought, 30, which bought a 30% stake? The answer, 6.55 billion rand. And for that bonus point, Royal Buffer King Holdings. And our last question this week, Uber's food delivery platform, Uber Eats, which is finally available in my area, announced <laughs> it was expanding its geographic coverage in two South African cities where it has launched so far. And those two cities are Johannesburg and Cape Town. That's Welcome to the party. Have you used Uber Eats yet? Not yet. I am going, probably going to use it um, very frequently um, and probably starting this weekend. So I'll let you know how it goes. It's, but it's, a, it's a great service. Just two tips. Um, you'll notice some of the food pricing is a little bit more expensive. So if, okay. it's, if you do it ongoing, sometimes it's easier to... Nip just out. go, yeah, just mm. nip out. But uh, the convenience is great, and um, uh, I forgot what my second point was. But yeah, enjoy it. It's usually got some great restaurants from 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 places that's not on the other delivery platforms, which I love. And I've just realised I haven't had lunch, and I'm rather hungry. So oh, so I think what I'm is that food? I think I might use Uber Eats right away. <laughs> enjoy. Great stuff, Rachat. You are not here next week uh, because you're going to be slumming it on a tropical island somewhere. Yeah, unfortunately, doing a little second honeymoon, going to Reunion Island, lovely to take stuff. some amazing drone photography. Oh, lovely that's, stuff. I'm not telling my wife that's why I'm going, but I want to do some <laughs> drone shots there. Does she not listen uh, to the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. Okay, good thing. Um, yeah, that no, sounds fantastic. I've always wanted to go to Reunion. It sounds like an amazing, uh, amazing place. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the few undiscovered islands, or I say undiscovered, mm. but you know, it's not kind of that mainstream yet. It's so not Mauritius. Yeah, it's not Mauritius or mm. Seychelles. So mm. we're looking forward to it. That's going to be fantastic. And I see there was a tropical cyclone that battered it in the last few days. Yeah, thanks so. for that link. Um, I've been keeping an eye on it. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's still lingering around, the tropical cyclone. Is it? But, oh, um, I'm sure it'll be long gone by the yeah, time I'm you sure get there. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be gone. Nice and lush and green after all the rain. Yeah. That's our show. As always, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And thanks for being here. Lots of emails in the last few weeks. Um, our email address is info at techcentral.co.za. From Rechard and myself, we'll see you again in two weeks. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.